0: what's the difference between chocolate and chocolatey
1: find out next on junk food
0: oh yeah welcome to junk food the podcast about junk food where we rate and review mystery treats to determine which one will be the undisputed champion of snacks i'm your host mike alongside me as always
1: Alyssa. hey dad Hey, Liz. I have an interesting fact.
0: You have an interesting fact, okay. This is usually where we tell jokes, but (laughs) fine.
1: Did you know that your pupils are the last part to stop working when you die?
0: Your pupils are the last part to stop working when you die. I did not know that. Is that true? They dilate. They dilate. Oh, Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Good delivery on that one. And that was a dad joke, a joke you tell to your dad. If you'd like to submit a dad joke for Alyssa to tell me on the show, you can send it in to us via X or Threads or Blue Sky at Junk Feud Pod or via email to Junk at at gmail.com. Alyssa. Yeah. Welcome back once again to the world's yeetest podcast.
1: The yeetest show on earth. Very mid, giving him the X super bus and hitting him with the Riz each and every week.
0: That's right. And this week, Lissa, welcome back to January.
1: Our month long celebration of the snackiest city on earth.
0: Yeah, the city of brotherly gluttony, Philadelphia. Yeah. Alyssa. What? We took a trip to Philadelphia not too long ago, didn't we? Yeah. As usual, we ate some Philly food while we were there.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Where did we go, Liss, and what did we have?
1: Chick fil A.
0: Chick fil <laughs> A. <laughs> Uh, sure. Okay, so, yeah, we did have Chick-fil-A. Not a Philadelphia chain, the Chick-fil-A. Why would I blow up the Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A is delicious. Liz?
1: We went to some, like, market and they had...
0: They didn't have Chick-fil-A.
1: No, they had, um, the sandwiches with pork.
0: Yeah, Liz, we went to the Reading Terminal Market, a place that we go every year, right around this time of year. We had our favorite Philadelphia sandwich, Liz. You said it. It's a roast pork sandwich. Do you know precisely... What kind of roast pork sandwich it is?
1: Mm, pig?
0: Well, yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh Yeah, the roast pork sandwich is, in fact, a pig sandwich. Alyssa, it's the roast pork Italian from DeNix. This is a long hoagie roll. We talked hey, about hoagies last week. Dad, yesterday. I have
1: a very funny story. Okay. <laughs> about science.
0: A funny story about science.
1: So in science class today, we were all talking about what we did this weekend. Uh-huh. And one of the kids in my class goes oh because we were talking about like downtown he goes oh yeah my grandma lives near the m&m factory because they're talking about the right the ball drop and stuff yeah 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 and so he goes oh yeah my grandma lives near the factory the m&m factory and um my teacher goes well who's your grandma and then he says like her name and he goes wait or uh, my teacher goes, oh, yeah, that rings a bell. Let me, I, I know who that is. I know who that is. And, well, like, and the kid goes, well, yeah, it's my grandma. And then everyone's. Wow.
0: Uh, <laughs> Liz, I'm sure that no one is going to find that quite as hilarious as okay. you did. You took a really long windup for that. That was like a Norm MacDonald, the moth level of setup there for uh, no punchline. Liz, do you know what those are called? A joke that goes on that long. Corny. <laughs> yeah, 100% of the time, yes. They're called shaggy dog stories, Liz. Why? I i don't actually know. I looked this up once and I don't remember. Uh, if you know why long jokes are called shaggy dog tales or shaggy dog stories, you can tell us all about it at junkfeudpod at gmail.com. Liz, we were talking about the roast pork Italian from Denix. The roast pork Italian, a long hoagie roll stuffed with a very thinly shaved roast pork. It's Quite delectable, Lisa. There is sharp provolone on the roll. You didn't get yours with cheese, uh, and also a, a very garlicky broccoli. Rob, list. Do you like broccoli, Rob? No. How about broccoli, Steve? No. <laughs> Come on. No response to that. No. No reaction no. at all. Well, the Wait, sandwich I have was a question delicious. Real quick. Yeah, go on.
1: Why can you edit Wikipedia?
0: Well, by its very nature, Wikipedia is a community-based, user-editable. Encyclopedia, Liz. Hold that thought, because we're going to talk about.
1: <laughs> they don't have it.
0: The word "giat" is not. Oh in no,
1: they do have it.
0: Wikipedia. Oh, it is. I'm oh, very nice. That's that's great. <laughs> Liz, we're going to talk about encyclopedias uh, in a little bit, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Good catch there. Hey, what else did we get while we were at Reading Terminal?
1: Um. Oh, the. Uh... Cannolis.
0: Yeah, cannolis. Absolutely. We've got cannolis from Termini Brothers, Alyssa. Termini Brothers Bakery, which I adore because it's sort of like this very old timey thing to wait in line. And there's this really cool neon sign hanging above the counter. And they've got these bags of cannoli cream that are suspended from the ceiling. And they freshly fry the cannoli shells. And then when you order them, they fill them up right there with the cream. And it's got the chocolate chips suspended in it. Absolutely, absolutely wonderful. And you get this little box and it's tied up with twine, like a little precious package. It's a whole experience. Waiting on that line, Alyssa, was an experience too. That was a long line. It was. The line was so long that it was broken up by a walkway. You had to like stand on one side of the walkway, wait in line. And then when the line got short enough, cross over the walkway and wait in line again. It's
1: the worst thing.
0: Waiting in a short line for a cannoli is the worst thing A short
1: line, dad. How long were you standing in that line for?
0: Yeah, probably like 20 minutes. Uh Uh-huh. I think it was worth it for that cannoli.
1: I don't really like cannolis that much.
0: What is it about a cannoli that you don't like?
1: I don't like the cream in it.
0: It is, um, a cannoli cream is sort of like, I won't say it's an acquired taste because it's not really. It's just a a soft, barely sweet, usually like a regatta cheese, uh, based filling, a pastry cream little bit of sugar. In in the Termini cannolis, they have chocolate chips, which I think is the perfect addition to those. But yeah, it's not like a hyper sweet in your face kind of candy or pastry thing like like you might get from, uh, well, the kind of food that we eat on this show most times. Mm-hmm. Liz, here's the thing that I found out too. Uh, your grandfather, my dad, who's an artist, had done some design work for Termini Brothers when he worked at a, uh, a design firm when he was doing creative direction. This was when I was younger. And he said when he would go to visit them as clients, they would give him boxes of cannolis to take back to the office list. Really? Yeah. Well, I never recall any of those actually making their way back home to me, though. Speaking of design work, Alyssa, we were talking a little bit ago about that roast pork sandwich to Nick's that I really like. Uh, I got a t-shirt from there, Alyssa. And really? I thought, Yeah. And I thought the graphic design of the t-shirt was very nice because it's a plain maroon t-shirt and uh, just on the front it has their name. And then underneath that is something you alluded to earlier.
1: What is uh, it? Mean? Just like just like our shirt that you should go buy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm getting to that. Did you read any of the notes?
1: <laughs> no. No,
0: of course not. Liz, what's under the name Denix on the t-shirt. What is the sandwich made of?
1: What meat? Wait, uh-huh. what? Uh-huh,
0: what kind? Pork. Uh-huh, which is a pig. A pig. Yes, <laughs> there's a pig on the t-shirt. You are having a rough one today, aren't you, kiddo? <laughs> And I think it's a, a very simple and evocative graphic design, Alyssa. And speaking of simple and evocative, here we go. The thing I was trying to get you to a moment <laughs> ago. We have our own simple and evocative t-shirt up on our tea Public store. The Godest Show on Earth t-shirt, Alyssa, is finally available. Mm-hmm. So you should check that out too. The links are on our homepage and in the episode description. That's uh, junkfeudpod.com, of course. Liz, shout out to grandma and grandpa, by the way. Um, you know that they listen to the show. Yeah. They listen to the show every night while they're eating dinner because they say it's like they're having dinner with us, which is quite nice. Uh, also the other good thing about them listening to the show is that they do fact checking for us because I have a selective memory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember in one of the Snacksmas episodes, Liss, we were talking about those little silver trains that we have downstairs, the one that sits by the fireplace. It's got the little guy in it that bobs yeah. back and forth. Uh, I said those were from my grandpa growing up. It turns out they weren't actually from my grandpa. Instead, they were from my dad's uncle, Uncle Bud, who lived and worked in Reading, Pennsylvania, Liss. Uh, and when you're in Reading, Pennsylvania, Alyssa, there is only one snack that you should be eating. <laughs> Oh, do you want to say the thing now?
1: (laughs) That reminds me of this week's snack.
0: Yeah, that's right. Up next on Junk Feud, it's...
1: Goldenberg's Peanut Chews.
0: Goldenberg's Peanut Chews. That's right, Alyssa. You came up here, you saw the Goldenberg's Peanut Chews on the desk, and you said, oh, what's that? That's how you talk.
1: Oh, thanks.
0: Uh, What is a peanut chew, Alyssa?
1: Um, A chocolatey coated... Uh
0: Uh-huh, more on that in a minute.
1: Candy bar filled with molasses and peanuts.
0: Yeah, it's a small candy bar. Oh, I
1: thought they were like actual little peanut things.
0: They are little bars inside of this package. They're more like the Halloween-style fun-size bars, Alyssa, Mm -hmm. than they are, say, like a full-size Snickers, for example. But the novel thing about them, obviously, given the month and the theme of this show, is that these are an East Coast-specific candy, Alyssa, that was invented in Philadelphia. They are vegan, they are gluten-free, and they are kosher, which is a rare trifecta for chocolatey candies. Uh, SeriousEats.com, which is a website that we respect quite a bit, called them the grown-up Snickers. Uh, They said they were old timey candy done right list do you know anything about the history of goldenberg's peanut chews or where they came from
1: um they were invented by a romanian immigrant Uh to philadelphia named david seltzer
0: that's right (laughs) very good
1: and he changed his name to david goldenberg wait you can change your last name without getting married
0: uh well yes so there are certain circumstances in which you can change your name so what happened with uh, uh, David here was that he came to the U.S., he changed his name to David Goldenberg, which, which I think that was an interesting move, Alyssa, in part because usually when you're immigrating to a country and you change your name, usually you shorten the name or you make it less uh, ethnic sounding in this case. But he made his name longer, which is very interesting. Odd move there for David. Yeah, Yeah. nevertheless, he founded his own candy company, Goldenberg's, on Frankfurt Avenue in Philadelphia, Alyssa, in 1890, and this was a family business through at least three generations. In fact, the last uh, remaining Goldenberg that had uh, purview over the company just uh, died a few years back in the last decade. Now, Alyssa, by 1917, he had perfected a recipe for a protein-packed candy bar that he called a peanut chew, which is what we have in front of us right here. Liz. What What else was going on in 1917?
1: <sighs> well, dad, in 1970 Wait 70
0: 1917 dear
1: Oh, wait all this most <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Go on.
1: <laughs> Mostly like World War One stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's right. And the Great War
1: <laughs> The US bought the Danish West Indies for 25 million bucks.
0: the Danish West Indies dear.
1: And then declared war on Germany. Uh-huh. These two events were unrelated. That's correct. The Selected... The, oh, my goodness. The Selective Service Act was passed by Congress. That's
0: right. Do you know what the Selective Service Act is, Alyssa? Nope. Selective service is the draft. It's when there's a war on, the president can just decide that he's going to send people to war. That's Selective Service. Hmm. You don't have to volunteer.
1: Well, that's not good.
0: It's a very interesting thing that... uh People in many countries actually are um, subject to.
1: Does that still happen in our country?
0: There is still selective service. We do not have an active draft, but you have to sign a uh, selective service certificate when you become a certain age.
1: A tornado hit in Mattoon, Illinois.
0: That's right. Shout out to Mattoon, Illinois, and uh, Illinois, Illinois, and Will Leach, one of my favorite auth- authors who's from Mattoon.
1: Yeah, uh, the first Pulitzer prizes were awarded.
0: That's right. Uh, do you know what a Pulitzer Prize is, Alyssa? No, it's a prize for writing. I thought that I might uh, win one one day when I was much younger and fancied myself a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of an author. But now, mostly, I just write emails. Yeah. That's correct.
1: The Lions Club was formed. The first world book encyclopedia was published.
0: That's right, Liz. You were talking about Wikipedia, the user editable encyclopedia that exists now. The world book encyclopedia, first published in 1917, was a huge voluminous set of books that contained all of the world's knowledge. That was how you looked things up, Liz, when you didn't know what it was.
1: That's crazy. You had
0: to go and find the book and look it up by name in there. We had a set of world book encyclopedias. They now took oh, up-
1: I could just be like, why are Wiener Dogs long? Yeah. And then they would just tell me right away.
0: That's right. Absolutely.
1: Anyway, Zuzza z- Gabor. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Zuzza. Z- 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 <laughs> z-
0: <laughs> zha Jah Gabor, Alyssa.
1: Oh my goodness, in math class, you we were trying to pronounce jojoba oil. And my math teacher, he goes, Okay, so there's three teaspoons of JoJoba. Oil uh, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, wait, what? And then he goes, Well, some kid in first period told me that that um, it's not jojoba oil, but uh-huh. it's jojoba. Ho-ho-ba. And then he goes, jojoba. And I was like, it's just jojoba.
0: <laughs> I mean, at Christmas time, it could be jojojoba. Yeah. He says it's so
1: weird, and he's like, jojoba.
0: That's pretty good. I like
1: anyway, it. Zsa Zsa Gabor was born uh-huh. in August. Augusty. August. Auguste Rodin died.
0: Auguste Rodin. That's right. Speaking of Rodin lists, the Rodin Museum is in guess which city?
1: Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah,
0: good guess. That's Philadelphia. That's right. There is one uh, obviously in France, but the uh, the other one, the other good one in Philadelphia. Do you know the sculpture that Rodin made? The very famous sculpture, The Thinker?
1: Um, no. It's
0: a guy like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a very famous sculpture. You can see that in Philadelphia. Liz, uh, also in 1917, you could rent a house in Morris Plains here in New Jersey for $23 a month. I just found out.
1: That's that's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, Liz, so we were talking about World War One sort of dominating the historical record at the time in 1917 when the Goldenberg's peanut shoe was invented. It's no different in Philadelphia for candy manufacturers who are supporting the war effort, Liz. And indeed, Goldenberg's peanut chews were developed in part as a ration bar for soldiers during the war. Do you know what a ration bar is? What? It was like a bar that had uh, all of the nutrition that you needed in it, like an energy bar, for example, like you might get now, or a protein bar. And yeah. soldiers kept these in their packs. And when they had to eat on the go, that's what they ate. They ate their rations. And these right here, these were developed as food for soldiers. Really? Yeah, that's right. The peanuts inside gave them protein, which was much needed, obviously. Molasses was sweet, so it was a little bit more palatable, and it was shelf-stable, which inhibited bacterial growth, which is nice. And the original, which has a dark chocolatey coating, was less likely to melt in combat than milk chocolate or milk chocolatey varieties because it was less uh, sensitive to heat and melting because of the ingredients that it oh had. Oh, no, I don't like dark chocolate. Well, I have good news for you. There was a milk chocolatey version of peanut chews that were introduced later under the name of Chewettes. Oh. Yeah, kind of interesting, huh?
1: Wait, Dad, do you want to know something that made me really sad today?
0: Oh, uh, do I want to? Yes or no? Okay, fine.
1: I found out that I'm only supposed to grow to, to five five. Who told you that? google
0: uh okay. i did
1: i did a height calculator
0: sure you did a height calculator on google and it said you will be five foot five
1: mm-hmm.
0: how much do you put faith in that height calculator on google
1: well i mean it made me put in your weight not weight your height and mom's height uh-huh. and that's what it gave me
0: well there are some other genetic factors at play and some uh environmental factors at play as well but i guess I mean, we're still going to be doing this show in probably five years when you're most likely done growing, so we can check.
1: Five years? I'm going to stop growing?
0: Well, yeah, usually adults stop growing around 18 or 19 for the most part. Uh Uh-oh. You didn't know that? No. You should have asked Google about that instead of wiener dogs. So, Liz, uh, you might remember that the story of Goldenberg's peanut chews being developed for the war effort was very similar to another chocolatey candy that we talked about on this show, which is M&M's. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That was a concern for melting as well. So by 1921... Goldenberg has made the peanut shoes available for retail sale, so you could buy your own if you wanted to by 1921. By the 1930s, they got chopped down from the full-size ration bars into this fun-size form factor that we have today. You're going to see that when we open up the package. And then by the late 1940s, they were so popular in the mid-Atlantic region list, that's like the eastern seaboard, uh, New York, New Jersey, uh-huh. Delaware, around there. Goldenberg's discontinued all their other product lines and focused only on peanut chews.
1: That's crazy. It that
0: was the only thing they made. You remember when we talked about the Reese's Cups list and uh, Mr. Reese had a similar strategy. He was like, hey, people want to buy peanut uh, peanut butter cups? I'm just going to make those and nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, that was the way. There was a very simple, uh, refreshingly simple and honest, I would say, strategy behind making Goldenberg's peanut chews. And it was really that there's just three ingredients to them. There's peanuts there's molasses, and then there's the chocolatey coating. And Liz, we have been very careful to say chocolatey when we're talking about these so far and not chocolate. This is important. Do you know why? Why? Well, peanut chews are coated in what's called a compound chocolate, Alyssa, which is to say it's not really chocolate at all by definition, at least according to food labeling laws. A compound chocolate, Liz, is something that has the appearance but not the composition of chocolate. If you want to be chocolate, you have to have both cocoa, which peanut chews have, it's on the ingredients list, cocoa, but also cocoa butter, which they don't. This is called chocolate liquor or chocolate liqueur.
1: Cocoa butter, that's what I put on my legs.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely, it's the same stuff. So in this case, the cocoa butter in the coating is Wait, usually- so I could just
1: eat my lotion?
0: You could eat cocoa butter straight up if your lotion is pure cocoa butter and doesn't have any other additives in it. You wouldn't like it very much. Liz, when I was in high school, there was a guy that was on our baseball team. He played the outfield. He could hit the ball a mile- And he worked at a cocoa butter factory on the weekends when he wasn't playing baseball. And sometimes he would bring chunks of cocoa butter to baseball practice and we would try it and it was disgusting. He would eat it in the outfield and he would like rub it on his skin to try to get a tan while he was uh, out playing the field.
1: You can get cocoa butter tan?
0: You can use cocoa butter to tan. Sure. It's just an oil, a fat, just like anything else. Any other oil that you might put on your skin to Did he get tan? Well, on his forearms, Sure. So, Liz, we were saying, oh, my
1: goodness, I love when you play baseball and you get those sleeve tans and you're so pale on your shoulders and then your entire forearms like dark.
0: Oh, yeah. The farmer tan early spring.
1: And uh, when your we get neck. Out there.
0: Yeah, that's why uh, that's where the term redneck comes from, Alyssa, from those from those kinds of uh, those kinds of tan lines. So, Liz, we were saying, a compound chocolate is what is on peanut chews. And in the uh, in the United States, at least, the Food and Drug Administration says that if you don't have both cocoa powder and cocoa butter in your chocolate, you can't legally call it chocolate. You have to call it something else. So like these are made with uh, coconut or palm kernel oil or something like that that's also solid at room temperature. It doesn't need to be tempered to be made into a coating for a candy. Usually that's a way to reduce costs. Mm-hmm. Um, some people say it's an inferior product. I think I actually like it in the way that they've used it in the peanut chews. I can't quite recall. Cause it's been a while since I've had these, but, uh, it was very utilitarian for those wartime rations lists. And you've probably had some experience with similar candies like Snickers. to uh, peanut chews. Yeah. Like Snickers. We talked about Snickers in what the third show that we did the third ever episode. Probably. That's right. Uh, that's the obvious case. Payday is another candy bar that's pretty similar, List. Have you ever I, had a Payday? No. I like Paydays quite a bit, actually. It's just a chewy bar that's made of salted peanuts and caramel, and that's it. I think they're underrated. Payday? Liz, yeah, that's right. Payday. You've seen them before, probably. I don't know that you've ever eaten them. You're looking at video games here. <laughs> yeah. uh, Liz. What? We're talking about Goldenberg's Peanut Chews. Our friends over at the Candy is Dandy podcast have just done... In the very recent past, an episode of their own on Goldenberg's peanut shoes, which I found fascinating because, uh, like I said earlier, Liz, if you're not from the Northeast, you probably don't know about peanut shoes. And we actually got to hear their perspective on this candy because they're West Coasters. Uh, their reviews were a little bit mixed. Some people liked them, some people did not. And some people thought they were kind of what would be the word you would use? Mid, I guess.
1: I'm not really, I don't love peanuts uh-huh. and peanut butter and all that stuff. True. So, it's so soap for me, probably.
0: How did you like the peanuts in the Snickers bar?
1: I feel like they could have been saltier.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I said the same thing, actually. So, we'll see how these do uh, once we get into them. I think the, probably the molasses will be leaching off any of that salt. So, I don't know. But it was really cool to see these guys who are in California talk about something that's been a part of the fabric of my life on the East Coast. Uh, so long that they only just now discovered. So it's a great episode. You should check it out. That's the Candy is Dandy podcast, Liss. And we've said this before on this show. Philadelphia was really, to get back to the theme of this month for January, Philadelphia was the epicenter of candy in the universe for a good long time, at least in the 20th century. And a lot of this was due to the local ports that would bring in sugar and molasses from the Southern Islands up to the Eastern Seaboard to Philadelphia. And even today, Liss, Pennsylvania employs a whopping 14% of all the nation's candy manufacturing personnel. Whoa. Yeah, that's an outsized percentage uh, for a single state. Do you know any other candies lists that are famous that are made in Philadelphia today?
1: Uh, Good and Plenties.
0: Good and Plenties, absolutely. I don't want to say
1: this one because it just makes me so nasty.
0: <laughs> double Bubble Bubblegum? You don't like Double Bubble?
1: It's so nasty.
0: As we were talking about baseball earlier, I remember just seeing how many pieces of double bubble gum I could fit in my mouth when I was a kid. We used it to get like
1: smells so bad.
0: Oh, I think it smells great. That tea berry flavor. That's wonderful. Yeah. We would get these giant buckets at like Price Club or BJ's. <laughs> and yeah, I would I would just have an absolute wad the size of a softball in my oh. mouth. You said good and plenty already. We had some of those last week actually.
1: Wilbur buds.
0: Yeah Wilbur Buds, which I just list I found that bag of Wilbur buds downstairs today when I was cleaning out the pantry. We, that we did for our uh, our Hershey Kiss episode about a year ago. How about that? Whoa. The Whitman sampler box, Alyssa. Have you ever seen one of these? Mm-mm. It's like a box of chocolates, like a Forrest Gump style box of chocolates, like you might give to somebody on uh, Valentine's Day, for example. It's a sampler of a bunch of different types of chocolates. Mm-hmm. The Whitman sampler. That was sort of like a running joke in our house for a while, growing up when we were kids. Candy corn-less. Candy corn originated in Philadelphia. We still support oh, yeah. candy corn, obviously. Uh, and then, of course... The three treats. Yeah, the three treats that are made by the Just Born Company in Bethlehem outside of Philadelphia. Mike and like Hot
1: tamales. Hot tamales and. Marshmallow peeps.
0: Marshmallow peeps. Absolutely. That's right. Liz, speaking of Just Born, guess who makes Goldenberg's peanut chews now? Just Born. Yeah, that's right. It's Just Born. Uh, By the way, Just Born Company, we are still waiting on the peanut chews x peeps collab, by the way. We've seen like uh, Dr. Pepper peeps, I think, which we thought were pretty good. I want some peanut chews peeps. Can we make that happen, please?
1: Imagine a peanut butter peep.
0: Yeah, I think it would be pretty good. I'd like it. Ugh. I already like peanut butter and marshmallow together, fluff or nutter. We were talking about those good and plenties uh, just a minute ago. Your cousin Jackson was eating those last week. He was also eating fluff or nutter sandwiches. So shout out to Jack and Jules. Yeah. Liz, in 2003, Just Born bought the peanut chews vertical away from Golden Briggs. They had intentions to take it national, but... The strategy for that backfired in some interesting ways. So first, they dropped the Goldenberg's name. That was a mistake. They just called them Peanut Shoes. The name, Alyssa, is not only iconic, but it is distinguishing because here's what happened. When customers in their target markets outside of the mid-Atlantic, the the Northeast, saw Peanut Shoes, they didn't think anything of them. They had no history with them whatsoever, so they weren't going to buy them. When people... In the Northeast, in the markets in New York and New Jersey and Pennsylvania and Delaware saw Goldenberg's peanut chews without the Goldenberg's name on them. They thought that they were bootleg fake candies and they refused to buy them. Whoa. Yeah. So that was a mistake. Uh, They also attempted to penetrate markets outside of that stronghold here in the Northeast, uh, but it was mostly too late for that at that point. Nobody was going to eat a molasses or peanut candy that they didn't grow up with. And the focus on the exterior markets meant that the focus on the home markets lagged and sales dropped like 60% just because they tried to do a bit too much.
1: Yeah. That's
0: another baseball thing, Liz. When you're getting up to bat, somebody will say, hey, don't try to do too much, which I never knew what that meant. People say that to you in softball? No. No, I don't think so either.
1: That's like old people stuff, Dad.
0: Uh, you listen this year. Some of your coaches are probably going to say that to you. Hey, here we go. Don't try to do too much. Listen, uh, we were talking about sports just a second ago, baseball and such. Goldenberg's Peanut Chews is a sports sponsor around really? the Delaware Valley. That's right. They are a proud partner of the Philadelphia Eagles, a proud partner of the Villanova Wildcats. Listen, they're the official chocolate candy of the Seton Hall Pirates, my alma mater here in New Jersey.
1: I think I want to go to Villanova.
0: Villanova's a great school. The valedictorian of my high school graduating class went uh, to Villanova.
1: I either want to go to Villanova, Rutgers, or Penn State.
0: Well, those are all... Because Rutgers and
1: Penn State are easy to get into.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Way to shoot for the stars, kid. Those are all local schools. You don't want to... You told me the other day you want to go to school in Hawaii.
1: Yeah, but that was only because they didn't have good education.
0: <laughs> uh, Liz, <laughs> do you know what other team Goldenberg's Peanut Chews were a partner for? Who? The New York Yankees. Ugh. The pinstripes, Philly that's stink. right. Philly stink, Yankees better. Philly stink, Yankees should have best. Shout out to Nikki. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the the subway stops near Yankee Stadium, Alyssa, in the Bronx, all had ads for Peanut Chews very recently. Now, Alyssa. What? Uh, none of this stuff- particularly affected me because I already knew where I stood with peanut chews. I didn't care about like what sports team they were associated with or whether or not they had dropped the name or changed the packaging or tried to market in Minnesota or whatever. Um, Peanut chews were one of my mom's favorite candies. Mm -hmm. They're one of Aunt Evie's favorite candies, one of Aunt Kathy's favorite candies. Lots of people that grew up in this area love peanut chews. It was a thing that you always got in your trick-or-treat bag. Come Halloween, there would be like a couple of them kind of kicking around in the bottom. I would save them for last, and this was not because I really loved them and I wanted to savor them, but it was because when I was a kid, my mom gave one to me, and uh, she said, you have to try these. They're my favorite. They've been around forever. I love them. And I just did, I was not crazy about them the mm-hmm. molasses and peanut mixture for a small child who had the sort of like hyper sugar captain crunch palette. It just wasn't doing it for me. I like peanuts. Molasses was a little bit too different than the standard nougat or caramel in a more mainstream candy bar.
1: Yeah. And of
0: course I like milk chocolate over dark chocolate. Uh, I still do. I recognize the utility of dark chocolate. It's superior in certain situations. I think like it's if you, healthier. It is allegedly healthier. That's true. If you have like a, uh, Something that's mint flavored and it's coated in dark chocolate. I think that's a good application. Like a York peppermint patty, for example. Or we had one of those, I had one of those peppermint marshmallows that was coated in dark chocolate.
1: I have a very fond memory of a York peppermint thingy or whatever the heck it's called.
0: Really? Yes. Let's hear it.
1: When I was in like maybe third grade, I think it was. No, no, no. Because that's when COVID hit. Maybe second grade. Okay. And I was playing soccer. I was on rec soccer. And I played, that was when I was on the team with Cammie.
0: Shout out to Cammie.
1: She gave me one of these York things and I was like, oh, thank you. So I ate it right after our soccer game and I hated it and I (laughs) gave it right to you.
0: So how is that a fond memory, by the way?
1: Because I just- I ate a thing
0: and didn't like
1: it. (laughs) No, because I (laughs) haven't seen Cammie in forever and whenever I think of Cambria, I think of that like york
0: you think of her giving you a candy that you didn't like yes all right well hey whatever works Liz. uh
1: oh she added me on snapchat
0: great <laughs> we do not have a snapchat account for uh junk feud by the way
1: but if we should make one i don't know up. about that
0: <laughs> yeah i i don't think we have uh the right sensibility for snapchat Alyssa.
1: oh yeah because we don't even show our face <laughs>
0: So like I was saying, I remember only having peanut chews like a couple times in my life, mostly when I was little, not being terribly into them. Although I did eat them because I was, you know, they candy. were, yeah, they were candy and I was a kid, so I ate them anyway. But I was content to know that they were always around if I wanted them. I'm actually, I am excited to try them now. We have the advantage now of a little bit of critical distance. I've got a little bit more mileage and sophistication to my palate, I guess. Not that much. I still eat Slim Jims, for example. Ugh. Um but I am I am looking forward to sharing this with you today. I wanna see if this can become one of my favorite treats, Alyssa. And speaking of favorites, it's now time for my favorite part of this show.
1: <laughs>
0: Alyssa reads the ingredients. Great line read there, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Liz, what's in a Goldenbergs peanut sheet?
1: Peanuts. they Uh-huh. Dark Chocolatey coating, very good. Sugar hydrogenated, hydrogenated,
0: hydrogenated.
1: Hydrogenated palm kernel oil, cocoa powder processed with alkali. 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 Cocoa powder sorbitane, triesterate. Tristerate. And soy lecithin emulsifiers, salt, corn syrup, sugar, molasses, gl- glyciner, glycerin. Glycerin. Glycerin, dextrose. Hydrogenated <laughs> palm kernel oil and salt.
0: Yeah, so there's peanuts. There's a dark chocolatey coating around the peanuts, and the peanuts are inside molasses. Molasses, and there's some other stabilizers and fillers. And Let's
1: like that. get to the rules of the game.
0: Are you ready, Liz? Yes. Junk Feud is a culinary clash to see which treat will be crowned the undisputed champion of snacks. It's a King of the Mountain style battle in which the reigning champ takes on a new challenger each week to see which snack reigns supreme. And, and uh, a Liz, <laughs> uh, that's my line. <laughs> The reigning, defending, undisputed champion of snacks is
1: Wendy's Frosty and Fries. Yeah,
0: the Wendy's Frosty and Fries still on top. The humble hoagie, Alyssa, ill-equipped to tackle the titan that is the Wendy's Frosty and Fries. Liz, I also I would have felt bad if a hoagie had won the championship of snacks because it is a meal and not a snack. Exactly. That would have been an asterisk in the record books. Liz, do you know what? Do you know what it means to have an asterisk in the record books? Do you know where that comes from?
1: Like it's unfair.
0: Sort of. It means that like there was a a situation that means that the record is not directly comparable to other records before it. So for example, in, uh, I want to say it was 1998 when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were chasing the single season home run record in baseball. Um, Everybody loved it, was really awesome, we all celebrated it, and then it turned out that probably they were using some steroids or other performance-enhancing drugs, and a bunch of old sports writers got very cranky and said, now I have to put an asterisk in the record books, because it's not comparable to Roger Maris, because he didn't take drugs. And uh, that's how they sounded, all those guys, everyone. So
1: it's like, it's like, I I ate 10 cookies in under 4 seconds, but the other thing is, I swallowed 10 cookies in under four seconds. Like, is that it?
0: Uh, it would be more like you saying, the record was eating five cookies in 10 seconds, and I ate 10 cookies, but the cookies I ate were half the size. Then mm. you get an asterisk, because it's not directly comparable. Anyway, Liz, today we're trying Goldenberg's Peanut Chews, the original fun size candy bar in original dark, like it says on the wrapper, or dark chocolatey, if you're nasty. Liz, mm-hmm. what's this?
1: Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
0: At your request, we also have the newer milk chocolatey version, the Chewettes, as well, because we are nothing if not completists for this show, Alyssa. I, now, look, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of difference between them as I you've already opened the package. Dark chocolate. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll see. I think
1: Oh, they already smell like dark chocolate.
0: I think in this case, the dark chocolate ones are going to be a little bit better, which means, Alyssa, it's crunch time. We rate our snacks using a tier list from sprinkles to fun dip.
1: Sprinkles to fun dip. So
0: snacks can be rated A, B, C, D, or F with the very best treats, earning the elusive S tier ranking. The following contest is scheduled for a one serving.
1: One serving.
0: And it's for the undisputed championship of junk food list. Yeah. Ta- bef- you've already started eating this. <laughs> Take a look at the package first because there's a couple things I want you to note. Uh, this is a, a this is a brown wrapper. It says Goldenberg's Peanut Chew is really big on it. Original Dark has a red stripe at the bottom. Milk Chocolatey has a blue stripe at the bottom. On the back, I want you to see this list. Take a look at the barcode. What do you see there?
1: Philly yeah. and the Liberty Bell. That's
0: right. The barcode is stylized to show the Philadelphia skyline. There's the Liberty belt, which is not part of the skyline, but it's iconic. Uh, the William Penn statue on top of city hall and then Liberty one and two and, uh, the Comcast building. And then there's that, that one sort of like oddly shaped pyramidal trapezoidal looking building that, uh, once on a horse and buggy ride through the city, as you choke on your peanut through, <laughs> the carriage driver told us was superimposed onto the New York skyline in the movie Ghostbusters. Did you know that, Liz?
1: Shout out to the new Ghostbusters movie?
0: Yeah. Shout out to the upcoming Ghostbusters movie. So here, I'm going to take one of these little dark chocolatey. These are these are tiny, Liz.
1: Oh my goodness, there's a peanut say? lodged this, in my throat. This
0: thing is probably like, I don't know, an inch and a half, two inches long, maybe a quarter of an inch tall. There is a dark chocolatey coating on it. I'm good. Good? It looks like... I don't know what to compare it to. It's just a little tiny. It's about half the size in height of a fun size Snickers, right? Would you say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a little tiny thing. There's six pieces in this regular size package that we've got. It says it's a chewy chocolatey bite loaded with crunchy peanuts. It's not exceptionally dark chocolate that I'm looking at here, Liz. Let's take a bite.
1: Oh yeah. You cannot even tell. Yeah. You've can't. you saw- you've just
0: opened up the milk chocolate and you can't tell the difference. Oh,
1: now. they're bigger.
0: Well, see, the milk chocolate bars come from a king-size package, so they are slightly larger. That was all they had. I got these at a Wawa. Shout out to Wawa. They had a king-size package of milk chocolatey and a regular package of dark chocolatey. I think probably I like the smaller ones. Now, I took a bite. This thing is totally packed with peanuts. I know that was a Snickers tagline, but this one is definitely packed with peanuts. There are chopped peanuts straight through it. They're surrounded in molasses.
1: Is this molasses?
0: That's molasses.
1: I thought this was caramel.
0: Nope. It tastes a lot like caramel because it's a very sweet, I mean, molasses obviously is sweet already, but it's very sweet. It's got a little bit of that sort of, I don't know, burnished flavor, I guess, that you would get from caramel, but a little bit more tang since it's molasses. It's a little bit deeper, slightly more complex, I would say, than a standard candy bar caramel. The dark chocolate on these dark chocolatey ones is not assertive in any way. It's it's just there to coat these, I think. I'm not really picking up any of the bitterness that you get from dark chocolate, so it's inoffensive in that way
1: i like these ones
0: you like the milk chocolatey better you're saying do you think that's because of the chocolatey coating or just that they're a little bit larger and you get a bit of a better chew from them
1: i can still taste the dark chocolate on the other one and i do not like dark chocolate so
0: yeah you know i don't like dark chocolate either but these aren't bad like that's not a bad dark chocolate let me try one of the milk chocolate ones here the
1: milk chocolate is poor marketing really why is that because it says Since 1917 on both, but the milk chocolate didn't come out till after.
0: Ah, that's true. So a little bit of uh, stretching the truth here. I guess the concept of peanut chews originated in 1917. How's that?
1: But not the milk chocolate ones.
0: Yeah. So I'm trying the milk chocolate now. They do smell a little bit softer, a little bit creamier, a little bit milkier, obviously, than the dark ones do. Hmm.
1: See what I mean? Like these are better.
0: I think I do like, yeah. I think I do like the milk chocolatey ones better. They taste a little sweeter. There is more molasses in these because it's a bigger bar. It's a little higher. It's got more loft to it than the dark chocolate ones. This is a very sticky, very chewy candy. But listen, I like these quite a bit.
1: They're definitely not braces friendly.
0: No, certainly not. I could see how, Alyssa, if it was like the 1920s or 1930s, and there's not a whole lot going on in candy bars, but people would be wild about these. They are hearty. They are satisfying. The peanuts are a little bit salty, not overbearingly so, but I think better than the Snickers peanuts. Mm -hmm. The chocolate is just there to keep everything wrapped together. It's not like a super high quality chocolatey coating, but it does the job that it's supposed to do. And the molasses is a nice twist. Yeah. I think that I prefer this to a Snickers because we're not getting bogged down with all that nougat. I
1: don't know. I still like Snickers better, but these are pretty good.
0: Yeah. Snickers is good. But I think if given the choice now, if somebody said, hey, I have both a Snickers and a peanut chew, which one would you like? I might actually opt for the peanut chew. I'm eating both. Well, yeah, of course. (laughs) So Liz, on that note, let's get to the bliss point. What did you think about Goldenberg's peanut chews, both the original dark and the milk chocolatey versions?
1: So, like together. Whatever you want. I'm going to do separate. Okay. So dark chocolate, I'm going to give him like a C plus.
0: C plus, an above average candy bar.
1: And the milk chocolate, I'm gonna give it like a B B flat.
0: A B flat. So we go from a C plus all the way up to a B flat for the milk chocolatey version. Liz, I uh I think in that order, I liked the milk chocolatey ones better than the original dark. I think it was also because of the form factor. The milk chocolatey bar, because it's king size, is a little bit bigger. These are still these are still micro sized candy bars lists. These are like fun They're size. Tiny. Yeah. yeah you would get one of these individually wrapped in a Halloween trick-or-treat bag and be happy with it. And I, I got to say this, taking a bite of one of these did instantly transport me back to my parents' living room in the small town I grew up in, fishing through my bag and eating whatever I could get my hands on. Because I think that's probably the last time I had a Golden Briggs peanut chew, was back being a kid and trick-or-treating. And they're, they're good. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by these. I know it's my duty as a you know native of the area originally to like Golden Briggs peanut chews. It's sort of like a home team thing. But I'm into them. I think I would go B minus for the original dark, and I think B plus for the milk chocolatey. I'm with you in that. I think the just the 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 bare sweetness, just the little bit of sweetness added by the milk chocolate, and a little bit of creaminess from the milk chocolatey coating puts it. <laughs> over the edge compared to the original dark. I think a lot of people probably that have grown up with these like the original dark a little bit better, but I think the king size form factor, that extra molasses in there that made it extra chewy, puts it over the top. So what do you think, List? Does Goldenberg's Peanut Shoes have what it takes to take down the Wendy's Frosty and Fries to be the undisputed champion of snacks in January? No. No, that was a, unfortunately, I think a foregone conclusion there. These are really good, For what they are doing.
1: But they're not good enough.
0: But they're not a Frosty and Fries by any means. I mean, obviously we would rather have a Frosty and Fries. But these are good. I really like Goldenberg's Peanut Chews. I'm so satisfied with this. I'm really, really happy that we got to do this in January, Liz. Yeah. But that does mean that your winner and still reigning, defending undisputed champion of snacks is the Wendy's Frosty and Fries. Yes. Liz. What? What you know about the Oreo rule, kid?
1: Um, well... I mean, there's a rumor.
0: <laughs> yeah, go on.
1: And in addition to the upcoming black and white cookie Oreos, uh-huh. 2024 is also going to bring us
0: peanut butter cake stirs. Yeah, Liz, did you like the Oreo cake stirs when we had them?
1: Um, Yeah, I, I think I did.
0: Yeah, they were okay. I mean, they weren't really like knocking our socks off or anything. Yeah.
1: And they're also bringing... Gluten-free golden Oreos.
0: Yeah, I think that's a big deal. These are not necessarily new flavor profiles. You know, Oreo has done peanut butter ad nauseum. And gluten-free isn't exactly a flavor. It's just a configuration. But we like gluten-free Oreos. The cookies are crispy and they're delicious. So I'm I'm uh, interested to see what they do with golden gluten-free Oreos. There's no reason we shouldn't like all these, right?
1: Yeah, because I like the golden Oreos.
0: Yeah. You know what else I like, Liz?
1: Will it deep fry? Yeah,
0: asking a very important question. Can you deep fry this week's snack? Will it deep fry, Alyssa? No. No, although it wouldn't be difficult. I could not find any recipes for deep fried Goldenberg's peanut chews, but this would be exactly the same process uh, and really the same outcome as a deep fried Snickers, for example, because they're so similar. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else, Liz? I did find some freeze-dried, not deep-fried, but freeze-dried, it rhymes, peanut chews. Really? Yeah, you've had freeze-dried snacks, right? You had uh, some freeze-dried gummy worms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so allegedly these get all light and crispy when they're freeze-dried, so that might be interesting. I might have to pick some of those up. Yeah. I also did find, Alyssa, a recipe on a website called MelindaStrauss.com, where Melinda makes a molasses-flavored donut with chopped peanut chews inside as a filling. This was a kosher holiday treat, according to her blog, although these were baked donuts and not fried, so technically they don't count for Will It Deep Fry. So I guess we can say no to Will It Deep Fry, right? Yeah. You know what we can say yes to, Alyssa?
1: The Back of the Box.
0: That's right. It's time to check out the Back of the Box, a weekly segment where we play a little game. This week's segment is Alyssa.
1: Famous Foods of Filmland.
0: That's right. On Famous Foods of Filmland, we talk about snacks from the silver screen. Although today, Liz, we have a small screen gem to discuss. Have you ever seen the show, Alyssa, The Goldbergs? No. Do you want to look up, like, I don't know, like a, uh, a very quick video of The Goldbergs? Sure. Yeah. Liz, this is The Goldbergs. It is a TV show. This is a YouTube ad about cats.
1: Oh, I get the gist.
0: You get the gist of it, right? So this is like, the Goldbergs is sort of like the Wonder Years, but for the 1980s. Do you know what the Wonder Years was? No. Wonder Years was a sitcom about an American family growing up in the, I don't know, what was it? 60s? -hmm. Probably the 60s. Liz. What? It's a family sitcom. It's about this family that lives in Jenkintown, which is outside Philadelphia in the 1980s. Did you see... What Barry, the elder son, was wearing at the dinner table. Uh,
1: like that's the small one.
0: The bigger one. Elder oh, means older.
1: The It was like a f- shirt with this little.
0: Let's see, he had a Flyers jersey on.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's a Philadelphia themed show. This is January, a Philadelphia themed show. You got it? It's got the Philly aesthetic to it. The name Goldberg, strikingly similar to Goldenberg. That's why we're doing this today. Also, I like the kid that plays Barry Goldberg. He was young Jack Black in the Tenacious D movie. And also, coincidentally, young Nacho Libre, uh, another Jack Black vehicle. So today, Liz, we are considering this situation on Famous Foods of Filmland. It is the mid-1980s, the era of the Goldbergs. The Goldberg family is driving home from the mall. They were at the mall for some reason. I don't know why. Now, this is a bit out of character for the show, but whatever. They're going to stop at a Wawa on the way home. Mm -hmm. They are looking through the aisles. Young Barry happens upon something he's never seen before, Liz, which is a new candy bar. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Liz, if you had to create a new candy bar in the Philadelphia region in the 1980s, what would it be? And would it be good enough for Barry to steal from the Wawa to shoplift Alyssa?
1: Got it. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be. Peanut butter and chocolate, like for a coating almost.
0: A peanut butter and chocolate coating? Yes. Wow, that's new and exciting. Okay, go on. So
1: that's going to be like the wraparound. Okay. It's same like Snickers bar type deal. And so it's the Snickers bar, but it has the peanut butter and chocolate. Uh-huh. And it has a drizzle of um, chocolate and peanut butter like it's like a mustard and ketchup type deal. Oh, okay. On top. And inside the bar. It's going to be Frosted Flakes. For, or not Frosted Flakes, what uh, are those what? things called? Raisin Bran cuz that's what a lot bran. of people
0: ate. ate in the 1980s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's a a Snickers Raisin Bran hybrid with a chocolate peanut butter coating and then the chocolate drizzle on top is with also a chocolate peanut butter, peanut butter drizzle too. Wow. Wow. Uh, So a cereal candy bar, Alyssa, this is like something out of uh, Christina Tosi's milk bar, I think. Mm -hmm. So you're taking some contemporary sensibilities and you're uh, transcribing them to the 1980s. Do you think people in the 1980s would have liked your peanut butter chocolate raisin bran hybrid candy bar?
1: Yeah. It's called a pran bar, by the
0: way. It's called a pran?
1: A pran bar.
0: Pran bar. Mm -hmm. Why a pran bar?
1: Because peanut butter bran.
0: Peanut butter and raisin bran. Wow. I I love it. Do you think young Barry would shoplift yes. one from a Wawa? <laughs> well, Liz, that does sound like an excellent candy bar. Uh and this podcast should reach you in excellent condition. Satisfaction guaranteed you your money back. If you've got a question for us, you can write to the address on the label. That's junkfeudpod at gmail.com. Liz, yes. any final thoughts? Mm, no. No, of course not. Liz, uh this podcast has contained your recommended daily allowance of fun. For more, going to X, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, or wherever you choose to be social, and find us at Junk Food Pod. You can watch fun sized reviews on YouTube, buy our merch on TeePublic, and don't forget to catch all the snacks in each and every week wherever you listen to podcasts. Until we see you again for Alyssa, I'm Mike.
1: Pasta lasagna.
0: Don't get any Anya.
1: Bye.